Hey everybody, and thanks again for joining me for another episode of the NHS 100K podcast with me, Matt Taylor. Thank you um, for your support, and um, again for coming on today. We've got a special guest today. I've got Dr. Waters, and he's a, a GP that's based over in Ireland. He's been a doctor for over forty years. He's retired now, um, but um, I've had a few people ask me to get him on. Um, having spoken to him, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to uh, speaking to him today. So, hello, Doctor. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Well, we're going to head off for a start with a correction. I'm not retired. I'm struck oh, off. Oh, my apologies. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, hell, of a, hell of a difference. Retirement would be something. Yeah. Something. Um, retirement is something that you would do voluntarily. Been suspended for the last two and a half years because I refused to go along with the COVID hoax, and the I refused to give the vaccine. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't use the word vaccine. It was never a, a vaccine. We refused to give the messenger RNA. Uh, as I say, I, I give talks around Ireland. I refer to these as my straightening the spine talks. And they fundamentally, they initially started off with people who hadn't bought into the COVID hoax. And it, 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 it was a hoax. There's little doubt but that the whole thing was a hoax. Um, and those people who hadn't bought into the COVID hoax wouldn't wear the masks, wouldn't do the social distancing, um, and, and, and eventually wouldn't take the vaccine. We're actually made to be pariahs within a community. Oftentimes, they, 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 they were sort of, for the want of a better word, victimized. Um, those people, I, when I started giving talks, um, required, needed somebody like me somebody with a degree of authority and a little bit of knowledge to come out and tell them the truth and tell them that in effect, they'd been right all along. They were dead right to, to, to go with their gut, the, 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 the gut impression to go, you know, they, they felt there was something fishy about the whole thing. And, you know, the, these usually highly intelligent people um, thought, you know, are there other people on the planet who feel the way I did? They were getting it from perhaps small groups within areas, but they sure as hell weren't getting it from the medical profession. So what I do is I started going out and talking to these people. Sort of, the the, the first one was actually in a hairdresser saloon where they cleared all the chairs back and got twenty five or thirty people in who were of like mind down in Kilkenny, and uh, they couldn't get it. They couldn't get a premises to, for me to give it in. And uh, as I say, we I, I I sat on a base and I think and um, get, gave my talk. The, these talks are what uh, uh, another lady who organized one of these refers to as spine straightening talks, in a sense. And she explained to me the next morning how she saw them as spine straightening, said for, for, for a year and a half or whatever, she'd been walking around with her head down, almost in shame. And then suddenly somebody came along, a medical doctor came along, and told her that she'd been right all along. And suddenly her spine was straightened. She said, and I, I find this quite touching, you know? So if I break down and cry, you'll excuse me. But um, I, as I say, she, uh, she said that, uh, you know, for the first time in two, two years or a year and a half, she'd actually to walk, or she'd walked around the community with her head held high saying, I was right. Now, most people now understand they were right. But a year and a half ago, when we started doing these or thereabouts, um, 
people were still extremely insecure and the, the gut was telling them one thing but they're the medical professionals the gps the the the, the liars and the the the, the miscreants in and um, professors coming on television were telling them something else which we now know to be a lie the the you know uh, again when i talk to people i, I usually introduce myself by telling people that I'm a bus driver's son from a corporation housing estate. I worked for a number of years after doing my leaving, which would be, you know, the equivalent to the A-levels. I then I decided for some reason or other, probably because I had a chip on my shoulder and felt I was as good as anybody else. And I, I, um, I decided I'd go back and do medicine. I resat my leaving cert, went back, got a place in Galway University, lived in a 16-foot caravan, lived in a 24-foot mobile home, lived in council flats while I was doing medicine during the, 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 the seven years of, the, 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 of, of my medical degree, went straight through and ended up, initially started, decided I wanted to do surgery. But because of the fact that along the way, I picked up a wife and two kids, um, not all at the same time, but they, 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 they were sporadic. Um, I ended up with a wife and two children. I obviously knew more about gynecology or le knew less about gynecology and obstetrics than I did about other facets of science, of, of medicine. So uh, I, the idea of doing surgery, which I loved because I, I tend to be mechanically minded. Um, I, so I, I went into GP and spent 40 years in general practice as a single-handed practice, quite quite unusual nowadays to have single-handed practices. But when I went into into um, general practice forty-five years ago, is it forty-five? Yeah, yeah. No, well, over four, 42, 43 years ago, um, most GPs in Ireland anyway were single-handed practices, and they, uh, you know, the crazy thing about it, they kept no notes. There were no notes kept at all. The GPs knew their patients, knew what they were on. And if a patient, this is the crazy thing, you know, the, you are now judged in medicine by how good your notes are. The fact yeah. of the matter is, you don't need notes. The patient knows what's wrong with them. There's no secrets. And the minute you see what the patient is on, if a patient comes in with a, with a handful of bottles and you see what they're on, any competent doctor knows what's wrong with them. So, um, you know, that's a totally aside. But as I say, when I came into general practice, the, the GPs in Ireland didn't even take notes. Um, so I worked, as I say, I worked right up to the, the, the um, 40 years I, I, I was administering to people and intervening. I say intervening in upper respiratory tract infections because to an extent you don't really treat them. You explain them. You examine, you examine a patient, you find out if there's anything else wrong with them, and you explain the upper respiratory tract infection. And then you tell them to come back, you know, if, if they're getting worse or if there's anything else wrong. Or whatever. You may put them on a cup, you may put them on a steroid, you may, you know, there's a number of interventions you can do. Or you could even get an ex chest x-ray to see what's going on. Um, and so, say, so you intervene um, using that, 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 that formula that I had used for the previous 40 years at a 100% success rate with COVID. I didn't need... No. 
Yeah, I got a hundred percent success treating COVID using what I'd done for previous forty years. Um, so I, I I knew in the winter during the winter of nineteen twenty that in effect there was no pathogenic virus out there any worse than any than, than any one of the. In fact, it was probably a mild winter respiratory tract infection period over and above the uh, compared to the previous 40 years that I'd done it. So I kind of had the experience. Even a slow learner like me would pick up stuff in 40 years, you know. So <laughs> do, you, do you want me to go on? Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. I know people always shout at me because I don't speak enough, but then it's not about me. It's about listening to you guys uh, chat. I've got some questions I'll ask yeah, you. Yeah, but but, you know, but, it's, but it's a token. You've got to direct me. You've got you you. I I I I'm 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 so egocentric. I think I'm great. You know. Well, yeah, you're doing great. You're doing great. It's, it's, it's my job's so, easy. I just want to sit so, and nod. So you know, it, it's really up to you to to try and rein me in. If you I can, don't, <laughs> I don't have any reins. <laughs> a whip, a whip. <laughs> anyway. anyway in 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 the spring you know what february march of 20 we start hearing about the people dying well we start seeing the people in in wuhan china dying and of course they were going down like they were hit with a sniper's bullet you know and um i remember seeing a guy in a crombie coat you know bang down pretty much nobody dies like that Unless it's sort of a catastrophic event in the heart or in the brain, yeah, um, like a, a major stroke, a major bleed in the brain, or a a a a, a defibrillation or a, a tachycardia in the heart where the blood is just not pumped to the brain anymore, and they go down like, as I say, like hit by a sniper's bullet. And these were what were coming over. And what made me very suspicious was the American medical authorities. I don't know about across in Britain, but in Ireland, they were allowing the television companies go out with these as being COVID debts. You know, and a COVID debt, by definition at that stage, was a, a respiratory failure. So people were dying of respiratory failure. And I knew from my many, many years that respiratory failure is one hell of a nasty way to die. You suffocate. It's mm. slow. You sure as hell don't walk down the road in a crumby coat and then go down like a ton of bricks. And um, and, and and this is what they were allowing people to believe. I, I would have expected that some professor of respiratory medicine would have come out and said, no, 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 that's not the way you die of, of, of respiratory failure. That doesn't like that look like COVID. But they were letting it out. So that made me suspicious. So much so that I I, I looked up. Then, then, of course, Italy became ground center, you know, ground zero to the um, to, 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 to the pandemic. And I looked up the, um, the figures in Italy. And I realized that Italy had a, an elderly population. They got a population of 60.4 million. They had a death rate of 10.6 per, per, per 10,000 or per thousand. And when you multiply it across the figures, you come up with the idea that something like 687,000 people die every year in Italy. 687 or thereabouts. Don't quote me on the figures, but because I'm spouting up top of my head. And I've been well, they've got the highest population of over 65s in all of Europe, haven't they? So they're always going to be. That's more right. Like... Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it comes down to something like 56,000 people die every month, month in, month out. And I'm thinking, whoa, 
we have now, the, the, you know, there the was this panic was declared when they have two, th two and a half thousand, two, 2,800 people died at an average age of 81.6. These are the figures we're getting. And uh, in the first month, I say, that doesn't fit. And then I go and look up the statistics and find that no children are dying. Absolute and impossibility in a, respire, a, a droplet spread respiratory illness. And of course, then they were adding, oh, in the concept of it being asymptomatic. If it was asymptomatic, it would mean that the mothers, fathers, grandfathers, uncles, aunts, midwives, all were breathing on these kids with them carrying this, this deadly virus because they were asymptomatic. And why weren't the children, children dying? Because fundamentally, in spite of what people think, Children are born with little or no immunity to viruses. And that's that's why the kids over the first five, six, seven years, anybody who's reared kids or even looked at the kids being reared, realize the kids over the first five, six, seven years have snotty noses and coughs and earaches and all all, all, all these things. And the best thing, you know, you, you can do in the, most of those cases is to ignore them because they get better. But what they're doing, in effect, is developing their immunity. And in fact, this is, again, an interesting little aside. Pretty much everybody watching us knows the children get temperatures from teething. Sorry, you're wrong. Teething does not cause temperatures. And all those teething episodes that the GPs turn and say, oh, they're only teething, they're only teething, they're only teething, are not teething, they're respiratory illnesses, URTIs. Uh, teething as the as the tooth cuts through the, the 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 gum. A, it's not painful, and B, it's not. It doesn't cause a temperature. It doesn't cause a fever. And uh, how do we know? Because when kids cut their second teeth, or when adults cut their uh, the the wisdom teeth, they never feel them. There's no cut. There's no painful episode. So here I am blowing the whole concept of teething out of the water. Which I was going to say, I thought, so, so where's that come from? Just, just being passed down from like, you know, generation yeah, to generation. It's, 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 it's one of those things fundamentally to get rid of patients out of the surgery, you know, and it goes back probably to the days when, you know, when doctors, you know, when they were bloodletting and, you know, leeching and purging, you know, going to the barber shop to get their procedures done. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With the result that, um, as I say, so all these teething episodes that you were absolutely convinced, and I have no doubt people are jumping up and down saying I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm very seldom wrong. But um, <laughs> I sure as hell am not wrong about this. But um, the so all these viral infections that kids get probably one every month, if not two or three every month, um, are give, actually provide them with this innate immunity, um, this immunity that you get, and which pretty much everybody got in response to the coronavirus. Coronaviruses are, were, were entities that I was familiar with from 1970, 76, 77, 74, 75, where in effect, I was familiar with the term coronavirus. I knew that it provide that it, it caused about twenty seven percent of upper respiratory tract infections. It was just one of those myriad of of um, viruses that caused these infections, including teething. And um, so then they start talking about this coronavirus uh, in Italy, 
no children, like none, were dying. Um, so I'm saying this cannot be. So I start writing to, to my academic body, which is the ICGP. The ICGP are a group of people, you know, who, um, a group of doctors, the Irish College of General Practitioners, whose job it is, and who I, I, I paid something like 600 euros a year to keep my, my thinking straight, to keep me yeah. error free. The Irish and version just, of the GMC, is that then, yeah? Pardon? Is that the Irish equivalent of the GMC? No, no, the GMC, I, I think, would be the, the, um, would be the equivalent of the Irish Medical Council. They're, oh, they're okay. the council. The, the ICGP is an academic body who, oh. uh, whose job it is to make sure that you, 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 con you, you continue your medical education. And oh, whose okay. job it yeah. is, yeah. So their job is to actually make sure that they're not a policing agency. The medical council or the GMC are, in effect, the jackboots. They're, mm. they're the jackboots that, that, that put it on your throat and throw you out of the profession but the icgp are theoretically more friendly and their job it is to correct your thinking so i start writing to the icgp and saying lads you know this this is odd there's, there's something wrong here this doesn't fit no kids are dying and and uh, so the response and as it happens because i've been involved in medicine for for so long i i i, I know everybody or well Lots of people know me. I, I, I was a television doctor. I was a sort of a uh, the, 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 the equivalent of your man, Hillary, here in Ireland. Hillary, what's her name? Ooh. No, 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 no. I, I, I've no compar There's no comparison with me at all. I, I, there's nothing <laughs> similar to me at all. I, 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 I was going to be derogatory, but I won't be. I'll, I'll, I'll try and keep it. <laughs> um, uh, but as I say, for, for, for nine years, I was on television every Tuesday there about giving advice and that. Um, so I, I, I would have been very well known back in the 90s. And uh, as I say, so pretty much everybody knows me. And I, it's a small country and I, I, I would know most most doctors. Well, I'd know of most GPs that any sort of, had any sort of profile. So I, I got onto the ICGP sort of saying, hey, lads, you know, like, like what's going on? And... Um, at one stage, I remember, I, I have all these email communications. And in one communication, when they decided to lock down um, and, 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 and they closed off the, the caravan parks and the beaches. And, you know, they, they weren't letting people walk along the beaches. And, that, and the, 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 sun, the weather was pretty much like it's out there now. It's beautiful. And uh, as you say, you know, you, you want to be getting your vitamin D and you want to be out in the, you know, it'd be great if kids running around the beaches and out around the fields and that. No, they decide to lock them down in, their, in, in, in the three-bedroom three flats and that in, in, in central Dublin. You know, what a crowd of lousy miscreants, you know, it, it, to think what they did. Anyway, sorry, I, I tend to start getting annoyed when I think of what they did to the people. We need to get annoyed, though. We need to not forget. Yeah, See, that's we do, we do. But um, so I, I, start, I, I was writing to the ICGP saying, lads, you know, we really have to, um, you know, you're handling this is all wrong. You know, this, this is totally wrong. People are not dying in Italy of, 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 of COVID. And how come kids are not dying? And uh, I got back a reply. I remember one particular reply was that, but Jerry, um, it's a very complicated knot that we have to unravel. And my reply was, when somebody is hanging, you don't unravel the knot, you cut the rope. 
I thought that was very clever, actually. Yeah. But, um, yeah. The uh, that particular guy didn't communicate with me again. <laughs> so uh, I got no answers. I was asking, you know, like, what's going on? Why? Why are children not dying? Why? Why is the average age? 81.6 which happens to be the average age of people dying in italy anyway and then on the 27th of march 2020 i got a letter from the department of health telling me that if people had a, anybody died and not only telling me but tell, telling every gp in the country that if people died of of anything in a, a nursing home and they had a previous a pcr test positive pcr test that we were to notify the medical the department of health of that death and the coroner and telling him that, that it, it was related to um, to COVID. Hmm. So if somebody died of cancer and everybody going into nursing homes not only had a, a, um, a PCR test on entry, but they were having regular PCR tests all bloody week. So hmm. invariably, given that we now know that the PCR test is useless, dishonest, corrupt, and uh, had, had, had you know perhaps an 86 to 90% positive rate anyway, and you, you you know you get a positive rate of a bloody kiwi fruit, you know, um, the uh, it, it was pretty obvious that anybody dying in a nursing home where the vast majority of people go to die, um, would end up as a COVID death. And this is what was being breathlessly uh, reported on the six o'clock news every day. People, you know, oh, you know, we we got another uh, thirteen deaths or another twenty six deaths or something, you know. And we hadn't. We got 13 deaths of, and again, I, I, I point out to people, yeah, but 600 people die in, in Ireland every um, every week. But 30,000 people die in Ireland every year. Break it down, six on nearly 100 a day. And, and, and we still had small numbers of, um, of, of, of so-called COVID deaths. It, it, it transpired afterwards that, in fact, what, what, what was causing the deaths were neglect of people in the nursing homes. I know of one nursing home where, where 19 staff, a lot of nurses, private nurse home, nursing homes would be run on a, a you know, a, a, a profit basis. So they never had more staff than they needed. I heard of one nursing home that had 19 staff didn't turn in. And of course, because the advocates for the patients named the... So, so as I say, the people in the nursing homes because of the the, the, the lack of staff. And I, 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 I'm not saying there was any evil or badness within the staff. I'm just saying that if you, if you withdraw a, a large number of staff because they are told not to come in because they have tested positive for COVID, um, people are going to be neglected to that. And that's, that's fundamentally what happened. You know, there's this huge, massive amounts of evidence that, you know, people weren't dying of COVID. They were dying of neglect and they were being neglected. And th this again makes me really, really angry when, when I know with absolute certainty that the people who are setting these rules, the people in the Department of Health, the doctors in the Department of Health, knew what I knew. There was no virus out there. There was no virus out there that was worthy. The pathogenicity was worthy of the masking, the social distancing, the job destruction, the, um, the, that in effect, it was a, the, the pathogenicity was a con. I'm willing to accept that there was probably a virus. I'm willing to accept that perhaps it was a virus that had gained a function done on it. But sheer logic would tell me that if you're doing gain of function on a virus that you were going to release into the community, you would do gain of function to make it more transmissible and more infectious.
mm. but not more pathogenic because you and your family might just get it. And you sure as hell don't want an Ebola type thing knocking around with a yeah. death rate of 60 or 70 percent so yes I, I i'm willing to accept and i happen to you know i'm sure you don't want me to get into the fewer and cleavage sites and the and the um the, well let's, uh, let's just backtrack slightly two seconds because i know about all that sort of stuff and which is you know makes it um which which the, and the genetic code in there which suggests it was man-made and all this kind of stuff but let's first of all what what got you suspended uh, well, first of all, I I was so telling my patients. Council, guys, I, I was telling my patients what I've just told you. Right. I, I was telling the truth, and the ICGP, the Irish College of General Practitioners, is, is were ignoring me, in spite of the fact that I was constantly at them to to, to explain what was going on and trying to get them to communicate to the people that there is no great virus out there. There is no killer virus out there. Um, they wouldn't. Then a patient complained to me. A guy came in who claimed he, he, he was a university graduate. So stupidly, I thought that perhaps he might be reasonably bright, but he wasn't. He was quite dim and decided that not only had I, but I, I had traumatized him by telling him what I've just told you. That right. in effect people were dying of it, that I was going, and that I was a, a public danger. He went to the IC, uh, he went to the medical council who are the jackboots. They decided that they would. Um, there was a toing and froing, and I again I was asking the questions of you know like what's going on and why are kids, children not dying and why is the average age eighty one point six and why why is the PCR which everybody knows was useless and you know it, that was never meant to be a a, a screening test uh, you know it's putting all this sort of thing, all these things to the medical council and they were going on um there was toing and froing between myself and the medical council and the only correction i got was actually a correction of a typo the the <laughs> this is true this is unbelievable I believe the, only it, thing, I believe it. the only thing that actually corrected the president of the uh the medical counselor, Dr. Rita Doyle, also a GP, decided that the only thing she could actually correct about one of my letters was to correct a typo and point out the fact that my secretary had, point, had, had typed conscious rather than conscious, conscience as opposed to conscious or the other way around. And that is the only correction I got from the medical council. Anyway, then in then they, they uh, decided they were going to introduce the, the vaccine, the messenger RNA, I was I was horrified at the idea that they were going to start introducing a system or a, 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 an altered viral RNA messenger into um, into human beings with absolutely no research done, you know, as as as, as a vaccine. Um, I start howling about that to the to the, um, to the authorities. And start saying to my patients, "No way would I, a I wouldn't take it, and b I'm not going to administer it." Um, then there's a a radio program here in Ireland, uh, Morning Ireland, run by a clown by the name of Joe Duffy. I refer to him as the Ballyfermot buffoon. He's an awful tick, but um, he uh, I, I I know I can't be sued because I, I you know. Nice. I, 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 this is a personal opinion, and I think there's very good evidence to suggest that he is a tick. But um, I, I, as I say, I knew him 
when I was back in RTE and I knew him and I'd, I'd done a program with him at one stage and my, my, my uh, understanding was that he was quite low IQ and you know so if he decided to sue me I think we'd have to get an IQ test done on him you know but and and he, he, he'd come in on the left hand side the bell curve but um the uh he, he decided to well I don't know I, I, I can't put a motive on why he did it but he brought on a a woman that I didn't know from Selbridge uh she was in a uh, she ran one of these sort of uh, all people's homes or rather houses and um she said i was a disgrace and i was refusing to give the vaccine and then a little clown from the um from the N from the nhs or the hsc um just went on television said i was a disgrace um a local politician the Sinn Féin politician decided to bring it up in the doll that I was, that, that uh, you know, this disgraceful doctor was refusing to give the vaccines. And um, within, I, one Saturday afternoon, I was watching a rugby match, so it, it was February, and um, I got a phone call. No, I got an email telling me that I was before a full hearing of the Medical Council on the following Wednesday. So I had, I actually had Monday and Tuesday, two days active notice, or, you know, to, to, to go before the full, council meeting um, no legal representation no nothing I went in and talked at them for 45 minutes now, I know you find it hard to believe I could talk for 40 or uh, an hour and 45 minutes I talked at them battered them into in, 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 into the corners um, there were I think 11 doctors this was a creme de la creme of Irish medicine on the on this, this zoom meeting um, four or five lay people who are, you know, on for the junket, and uh, the uh, the crazy thing about it is not one of those professors and you know specialists came into the ring with me. Not one of them chose to um, to 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 you know cross swords or put on a pair of gloves. And debate or discuss or and and the other thing about it is they knew previously to this meeting I you know I, I've reason to believe that they knew I was going to be struck off, and yet not one of these guys who were around my own age or perhaps a little bit younger, not one of them out of human decency said, "Yeah, but Jerry, you're wrong," you know, not one of them, even Joan of Arc as she was got about to be to be uh, burned was given the opportunity to recant. To take it back and we won't burn you you know not one of these eminent medical people in the medical in, in the council had the decency to say but jerry you're wrong and here's why you're wrong not one of them communi communicated with me one rather silly woman an obstetrician who i believe was recommending has since recommended the vaccines for pregnant women um asked why I never wore a mask, which of course launched me into another 10 minute diatribe. You can see all the other guys saying, oh Jesus, say, don't start them again, you know. They, they were also looking down at their hands. Anyway, it was all very embarrassing for them. Um, and they, 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 their legal team, now because I know legal representation, they'd brought in an independent legal expert 
who actually said, oh, it'd be draconian. It'd be a draconian punishment for Dr. Waters if he were to be struck off because of this. Um, their legal team, who, you know, yeah, I, I've reason to believe, well, the, he said, well, can we not come to some compromise? So a compromise, we went into a side Zoom room and I spent 20 minutes with their barrister. We came up with a compromise uh, as to what I do. And I said, yeah, I'll do that, you know. Now, it required silencing me. So I was, anyway, I said I'd go along with sort of playing for, playing for time. And um, they went back. Again, I was left sitting on my couch. Well, I didn't. I fell asleep on my couch and um, had some soup and sandwiches. And um, I, th I think it must have gone on for an hour and a half. They were in, 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 in conclave. It was like, you know, electing the Pope. But um, an hour and a half, they, they, they were locked in and uh, came out and said, oh, no, we're, we're, we're going to suspend you. We're taking you to the high court and going to suspend you. And I said, but why? I said, I said, can I talk? He said, no, you, you have no right to reply. I said, I'm going to reply. Anyway, I said, this is a very stupid thing to do. I said, you realise what you've done is you're making me into a martyr and you will come to regret that, which is exactly, that's why I'm on here. You know, <laughs> it, like, like these idiots decided to, um, to, uh, to, to make me into a martyr. But it, plus the fact they did a very unethical thing. There was an old complaint against me, a silly old complaint against me from 19. And they decided to bring that into the, into the high court as well to try and make me look bad. But mm. fortunately, the, the president of the high court. Anyway, I, I got two days notice going in before the high court and I, I, had, I then needed some legal representation. I got on to the Medical Protection Society, which is the insurance system that I'd paid into. I paid probably getting off for half a million over the la over the previous 40 years to the MPS, the Medical Protection Society, whose job it is to protect me. Um, I won't go into the degree of protection I got, but uh, it, 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 it disappointed me, to say the least, and it, 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 it will be the subject, perhaps, of legal, legal um, inquiry the, uh, when we get this all out of the way. The, um, anyway, the, 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 the Medical Council decided to play you know, fast and loose with the law. I was brought in before the um, the president of the high court. I suppose I'm being charitable to say she's dim-witted, but um, the uh, at at the end of the day, she, uh, she she didn't really want anything to do with it, but she anyway suspended me. As is the legislation in Ireland, the, the medical council council can't suspend a doctor. It has to go to the judiciary or to the legal system. And as I say, she, by all accounts, was previously had patrolled the law libraries, searching out uh, solicitors and barristers who were not wearing masks. So obviously, she bought in to the whole uh, COVID, or so I believe. I, I perhaps I'm open to correction there, but um. This was the person that I was a danger to my patients and struck me off with two hours notice. I had two hours to close my, my clinic. I went over, I had to make my, my staff um, redundant. I hadn't got an opportunity. I couldn't get a doctor in who would take it. There, there, there just aren't GPs knocking around that would be of a, a, a good enough quality to take on. Oh, there were a couple of chancers who gladly have come in and taken over the practice. 
but um, I, 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 I just couldn't do that to my practice to, to, to people that I, 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 I'd known and loved for 40 years. And uh, the, the, the practice just had to be dispersed among the GPs around. My staff were let go. And given that they had uh, that they did nothing about the suspension over two and a half years or over two years anyway, the, it was March of 21, 22, 23. Yeah, you know, the um, the uh, I had to sell my clinic. So I've, I'm in the process of selling my clinic at a massively reduced rate over and above what it would be sold as a going concern. But there's no going concern in now, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's how I came to fundamentally because the the politicians, by all accounts, decided that a that that that. I, my head should be put on a spike as an example to other GPs to, to silence them. And it worked because only four or five of us stood up in our yeah. and convinced that a doctor knew or had a suspicion that COVID had not got the pathogenicity that it was claimed to be. It was, it was never a pandemic per se. And the, so the, um, what do you think? So I've got, I've got colleagues who work in A&E and, and they worked all through the beginning of the pandemic. And I've got friends who work in there that are awake to a degree, if you will, you know. And they were saying, I was saying, you know, is it because obviously at the time and even still now people say, you know, there, there was no there was no virus. What caused this? Because so I've got colleagues who work in A&E and um, they, they were working all through the pandemic at the beginning. And um, some of them were awake enough for me to ask them certain questions, if you will. Because um, at the time it was being brandished around that there was no such thing as as um, as COVID, there was no virus. But they were saying that there was the patients coming in with, um, you know, pretty much white X-rays. You know, the, the 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 pneumonia that they were experiencing was nothing like they'd ever seen. So what 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 was what was triggering that? They, they said they were seeing patients they'd not seen that sick, and they weren't sure what was yeah, making yeah, them sick. Yeah, but, 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 sorry, remember 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 what we were ordered to do. Remember, and you know, there's no debate about this. We were told to communicate with people. We as GPs were told to communicate with people over the phone. We were not to examine them. We were not to bring them into our surgeries. We were not to examine, we were to send them home. And in effect, these people went into their homes, oftentimes locked themselves in. I know this for a fact because I spoke to people and the food was left at the door. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't hug their kids. You know, young women I know of who left, you know, and there was also the idea that people were dying to beat the band. I a number of people that I had to send into hospital for other reasons during the period. I'm not going to I'm not going into hospital. With result that yes, I'm absolutely certain. And remember how, how I said we we intervene in how I intervene in medicine. I would examine a patient. I oh, you always examine a patient. I used to take students from Trinity, and you say to them, "There's one way, sure way of staying out of court." Not that you can, this is a sure way of staying out of court, but you know, one, the, 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 a very good way of trying to not stay out of court is to examine every patient. Mm. And people say, but I'm not very good at listening to the chest. I say, you get good at listening to the chest if you examine enough of them. I'm not mm. good at looking at the eyes. You get to, you get to see the retina pretty good. Well, when you get good at it, you know, or, or mm. tympanic membrane or examine an abdomen, examine every patient. We were told not to examine the patients. We were told. And then they were told to go back to the GP when, in fact, they began short of breath, when they couldn't talk. Of course, a pneumonitis or a pneumonia developed. It was obvious. If you neglect enough people, let's face it, here in, G- in Ireland, we've got two and a half thousand GPs. 
um, and we would probably see each of us would probably see a, co a couple of hundred, if not a couple of thousand upper respiratory tract infections. A number of those would need fairly would need to go on an antibiotic, would need to go on a steroid, would need to go on ventil, you know, uh, bronchodilators. Mm -hmm. Would you know? There's various different things that we would do. We might only do one in a hundred, but when you put two and a half thousand, seeing thousands of people, you know, over weeks. Sure, people are going to end up going in in ambulances with pneumonias and pneumonitis. Absolutely guaranteed. Now, you should ask me: Was this intended? Was this was okay, this man. part of the project to actually, you know, to get your friends to believe there's something going on? Yes, I believe that we've been told to neglect our patients, and those people have been left. Two or three weeks without an antibiotic, without a steroid, without a bronchodilator, without a cough bottle or whatever. Um, sure, you it, it was a pretty smart way to get people to look sick. But remember as well, I know of two hospitals that I've got personal information on, inside information that were working at 31%. And in fact, a lot of the people were being brought in and put on respirators, which ooh, the ventilators were proven categorically to be killing people and they were being put on the, the ventilators to try and stop the spread of the virus which was ridiculous you know like mm. the whole sure people were dying you know and you went in in a hospital door you had a, you had a pcr test done pcr test said you were COVID, and if you were over a certain age or you you had any other major comorbidities didn't even have to have a comorbidity they put a do not resuscitate flag on your on, on your chart that is what was happening see that so, normally happens that hospital happens in hospitals sometimes anyway though doesn't it but obviously this is where oh no 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 that 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 would be a very rare well i don't know it's a long time since i worked in hospitals or you know i worked in nursing homes but it was something that you did a, a concept of do not resuscitate was something that you you, you know the the doctor the matron the, and, and the family discussed at length. It was mm. not an arbitrary thing, you know? Well, yeah. In my yeah, experience. Yeah. I'm not trying to stick up for the mind. I'm just trying to, you know. No, 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 no. But, but that is the truth. Yes, mm. there was a concept of do not resuscitate, but it was usually, in my experience, in terminal events. And yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was where people were, were within a week or two of dying, you know, mm. um, it, it, it was never when there was a hope of that. And it sure as hell, hell wasn't done on the basis of a useless, corrupt, dishonest PCR test. Mm. I say this to people a lot, that when you're diagnosing anything, you don't just go by a test alone. You've, well, you usually go by symptoms and everything else, don't you? Particularly when they were using the concept of asymptomatic respiratory tract infections, which is an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. <laughs> no, it doesn't I exist. Now, I, I initially st spoke about asymptomatic conditions, and there are asymptomatic conditions. There was a lady, what was her name? They call her Typhoid Mary, you know, in, in, yeah. in America, who is yeah. capable of having typhoid or, yeah, it's capable of having things. But uh, apparently, Dolores Cattle is, is a friend of mine. Dolores Cattle is a very smart yeah. woman. And Dolores, I, I, I when, when this all started out, I got onto Dolores and Dolores, I'm I'm going to be going around the country giving talks, and I kind of have to know what I'm on about. I don't want to appear totally stupid. Um, 
tell me about you know about about, about you know the um the pcr test and the um and the antibodies and you know and mm. she explained to me that no 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 the the AGAs, the AGAs are the antibodies that hang around in your upper respiratory tract and they zap the virus before it gets into your system so that, you know, there is no such thing as a asymptomatic upper respiratory tract infection. It just oh, yeah. doesn't exist. And mm -hmm. if Dolores Callas says that to me, then, then I believe her. I'm terrified of her, mind you, you know. I want to get her on the show. She seems like... Oh, she's, she's a good person. Yeah, she's um she's well worth the show. She's well worth the um she isn't as funny as I am, mind you. But um <laughs> Well <clears throat> yeah, that's just uh, I'll let you know when I get her on and on I'll, I'll <laughs> what so um, okay, so what was it, it, it from I know watching the news and everything in Ireland and stuff, because you guys had had it quite harsh over there, if I remember correctly. It was quite um yeah, well, I think I think to an extent our medical profession buckled fairly easily under it, you know, and our, our legal profession who, who, well, unfortunately, the legal profession, to my thinking, have no real interest in truth and honesty and decency and humanity. They, 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 they're about the law. I, I, you know, I, you, you may have noticed that is a, 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 a tweet I, I, I pinned to my to, to, to my my profile, you know, that, you know, the, the legal profession, in effect, are about the law. And, you know, if, if you end up in a situation where the government, under the coercion of the uh, pharmaceutical industry, can change the law, well, then the legal profession will go along with it because they're about the law, not about decency, honesty, truth, you know. Mm -hmm. So in your experience with, um, with working in medicine, did you notice any kind of corruption in the previous 40 years no 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 in all honesty i am um, there again according to a local pharmacist i'm what's called a, a mean prescriber i mean as far as the pharmaceutical industry goes so i would i i would have prescribed very small amounts of uh, and, and and low you know not so much low dose i always prescribe what i'd consider to be the appropriate dose but kind of short courses and i i tried not to prescribe too much stuff you know with the result that I wasn't brought away on too many junkets or any of that sort of thing. You know, I wasn't invited to too many th things. But I, from my experience, you know, was there influence brought to bear by the pharmaceutical industry? I think that's what you're asking about yeah, on, yeah. On, on doctors. Um, there probably was. I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't part of it. I didn't want to be part of it. But I think it was probably subtle insofar as they were brought away. But oftentimes it's a matter of, one company competing with it, the drug, you know, oftentimes the companies would bring out a very similar drug mm. and they would try to compete among, among one another and, 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 and bring consultants. Generally, I, I would imagine it was more within the consultants because they were sort of the trendsetters, you know, yeah, and if yeah. they, if, if they came along and start putting patients on drugs in the hospitals, we as GPs generally wouldn't um, change it. Mm. So was there corruption? I don't know if the word is corruption. Was there dishonesty and, and coercion, you know, sort of subtle coercion? Probably, you know. I, but but I, I've never heard of any being, anybody being offered money or ever been uh, the sort of concept of, you know, you get paid for so many prescriptions. I've never heard of that from anywhere. No, see, I never heard of that either while I was in and, and never witnessed that kind of corruption. When I spoke to people privately or when I've done other podcasts and things, they kind of, 
they expect everybody to have this tre treasure trove of kind of like corrupt no, well, well, I, I was never aware of it no, no neither was I. The, fact, the fact that i wasn't aware of it may have, may have been because i was the type of person who not let it it's it's a bit it's a bit like in rugby you know people talking to i i'm very much involved in rugby i i, I was a leinster doctor and that would thing and people would say to me oh you know there, there's lots of drugs in in, in rugby and that nowhere and I, i'm a kind of a, an approachable guy like guys would come to me with their venereal diseases and all sorts of things but um the uh i was never ever asked by anybody never approached by anybody for anabolic steroids in rugby never mm. you know um guys it was never broached never came up i never it was never in conversation so all i can say is all right maybe 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 there are guys using mm. anabolic steroids or whatever i know i know they'd be taking these protein drinks and that but but that's not the same thing you know so so it, it's it's i don't know all i can say is when it came within rugby I had no knowledge of them. Um, and you see, there's always people looking for something remarkable. Just getting back to, 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 to medicine, people love the idea that, and love to sort of push the idea that, you know, the pharmaceutical in industry are, you know, the whole medical profession is inculcated and, you know, sought aid in the pharmaceutical industry. That's absolutely untrue. I know that when I was, a student, and I, admittedly it was a long time ago, and I would differentiate between being a student and our medical education and what perhaps ha happens after it. I would refer to the, 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 the conventional medicine and the, you know, the, the medicine that I studied as being both science and an art. The science is the first six or seven years where we learn, and that's hugely important. And I, under no circumstances would I say that that six or seven years can be shortened appreciably. It's so wide and so necessary that doctors know to be able to to be able to diagnose from everything from dermatology to psychiatric problems, pediatrics, you know, obstetrics, gynecology, or orthopedics. You need those six or seven years, and then you need a couple of years in hospitals as experience. Mm -hmm. Then, so that is the diagnostics. So the diagnostics is science. Yeah. The therapeutics is art. The treating is art because people are so different. Mm. Yeah. And I'm willing to go along with, as I say to people, I don't care if it works, it works. I don't care. But... You, we cannot, it, we're at a pivotal point in medicine now. And I would fear that we will, will reject the science of medicine that has been passed on down, you know, over hundreds of years, gradually going through anatomy and physiology and eventually getting into sort of nuclear medicine. Um, I would fear that that's going to be rejected. And all these chancers who call themselves doctors of this, that, and the other will actually come in with their, you know, the three months courses in 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 the you know the 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 the, the Balbriggan College of you know whatnot. And um, we have to hang on to the basic science of magic education. Now, as I say, when it comes down to the treating and the therapeutics, I am willing to negotiate on. What is the right way to treat things? Mm. Yeah, I think that's. I think there needs to be a combination. I think of of of, of the two because there are some things you just can't get from nature. That there are drugs that will help. Well, with well, well, the fact of the matter is, you call it 
sure you know the bullshit, you know? If, if, if a drug is a killer thing, I'd much prefer that it was made in a great big steel vat in a factory where it's monitored in that, rather than being administered to people with 300 different possible chemical proteins or whatnot. You know what I mean? So if you were looking for something and you were looking for aspirin, say, I'd mm. much aspirin given I'd prefer to know that the actual thing was, you know, pure and that is what you're getting rather than getting a, 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 a you know, a ground up, you know, in somebody's garage, you know, w w with another 150 proteins in it. So in all honesty, if I'm given a choice between getting something that I know what is the chemical formula of it, um, so I don't go for this idea of natural. It's it's something that's sold. I, I, as I say, I don't care if it's sold in, in the food industry or that, you know. But at the end of the day, it seems illogical to me. It's like, you know, if you're going to get paint, you know, do you, do you get a guy, you're going to want to paint your, the front of your house. Do you, do you want to get, do you go to a guy who's mixing up a load of pigments and that in, in his garage at the back? Or do you go to a big paint factory who's making paint according to a proper combination of, you know, uh, uh, of, of uh, chemicals such that they know that there's antifungal agents in it and it, you know, it's, it's, it's got these chemicals that block out the underpaint and it's got longevity in that, you know. So what I'm saying is the whole idea of, 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 of a herbalist mixing up stuff in his, in, 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 in his back shed goes against my, my concepts of science. But what if it was more? Because obviously, you could you could say the same argument about the pharmaceutical side of things. We unless we test the medication we get ourselves, we don't really know what's what's in it in that regard. What if they? Because I, I definitely think there's a place for it, but I think it needs to be more regulated. More studies need to be done to it. I think. I, well, the fact of the matter is, you know, my belief up to this now, I got to admit, my 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 trust in the pharmaceutical industry has been shook, and you know, by mm. the sheer dishonesty of the, the, this last three years. Mm. But my understanding up to that was that there were double-blind placebo, you know, crossover trials and that yeah, done. Yeah. And um, and and I also believe that it, you see again goes goes back to my, my my concept of therapeutics. You know, the therapeutics there's a huge in the human body and the human species of placebo yeah there's a reason why we have to have the placebos isn't there yeah yeah so the we have a placebo really does work if you believe and i know i've said to people that this will really work you know and you know i've, I've, I've been doing it for 40 years and this is really great stuff this will work you know people come back to me and said you know i felt better the next day and i'm thinking yeah sure you couldn't it wasn't even in your bloody system in the next day you know so so what I'm saying is, and I used a placebo concept and with people who had faith in me and I say, yeah, you know, and, you, you know, and you say, yeah, no, this really works, you know, I know mm. it works. And um, it, as I say, they, they come back and say, oh, that was absolutely great. So um, we're after shooting off onto another thing. It's just that that is the direction that, that medicine is going. And I fear that because of the sheer stupidity and mendacity of the medical profession, they've not only shot themselves in the foot, but they've shot themselves in the face. And there's going to be an awful lot of chancers half, with half-baked ideas on, 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 on medical education and that coming in, jumping in, 
to try and fill the void that will inevitably be left by um by the medical profession and uh there's going to be a lot of pain there's going to be a lot you know, there's, there's these chancers out there saying oh we now know how to break down the spike protein we no i i'm fairly convinced that the spike protein is a major part of the um of the problem but there's also the nano the the, the lipid nanoparticles and the li lipid technologies and there's also perhaps a, 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 a case to be made for the possible the possibility that that graphene is in it and you know what i mean yeah well like, I, I saw something recently we don't, maybe. Know, we don't know so somebody to be coming along and selling a, a product to 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 desperate people i think is is, is unscrupulous and i think it's unforgivable to be saying oh you know we, we, and 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 selling these things for for large amounts of money like uh, that upsets me to think that there are people out there we don't know or rather in all the reading i do and i read kind of 10 or 12 hours a day on it i don't know what what is actually going on i don't know what was actually injected into people i don't know what the the dosage was i don't know what the effect is with the result that I don't know what the cure is. And I refuse it. And people attack me on Twitter and say, oh, you know, but Dr. Such and such and such and such is recommending this. Yeah, 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 sure. And they're involved in the company selling the bloody thing that they're, they're recommending, you know. I'm sorry, oh, but, but I'm sure. a bit, I've become a bit cynical and skeptical and, you know, overall. You've got to have a reason to be, though, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm sick of seeing doctors now. And, and <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I think I'm on, on episode 35, 36 of this podcast, and I've had at least 10, at least 10 doctors from, from all different fields on it talking to them. Um, and the general consensus I'm getting is, is it's when they're ready to speak out, they'll speak out. And I, and I think now that there's, they've got a bit of safe ground to stand on, we've seen a lot more doctors going, oh, I'm sorry. And I did what I thought was right, and everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, you know, great, yeah, yeah, no worries, thanks for speaking out." And 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 I'm just, I'm just like, "No, sorry, where were you? You know, you can't come up the rear when all the people have been shot at the front, and then uh, you know, take take credit for it." Um, so I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that now, and and it frustrates me because I think that you know they've been fine, they've had no, they've no issues with their finances throughout, they had a job, and now they feel like it's a bit safe to talk about it. Yeah, more, more and more people are kind of come, but some of us kind of knew this would happen. I was always on your side. I just didn't say anything. Um, but but so one question there with so you spoke to Dolores obviously at one point. When for you did you kind of twig that it was? I don't want to say like there was corruption. When did you think there was something sinister going on that it was more than than just about people getting a virus? Did, you know, did you put the? I mean, I think it was all about getting getting people vaccinated. Uh in 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 my naivety or you know initially i thought that they were just getting it wrong but it didn't take long for me to believe that there was a, a dishonesty and an evenness and a mendacity in the in the medical profession like in all honesty it it, it didn't take long I, I i i kind of very rapidly came to the conclusion that these guys couldn't be getting it that wrong particularly then when the medical uh, the icgp the Irish College of General Practitioners, in effect, wouldn't answer my questions. And, you know, uh, and, and then the medical council, I'll say, when the one correction I got was a typo, you know, the mm. um, from the medical council. Now, that, that was much later. 
No, from the very, very beginning, I got to admit, when, when, when they were coming out, as I say, first of all, with the people going to sniper shots in Wuhan and then the figures coming out of Italy, I was very fairly convinced that there was a mendacity, you know, a dishonesty, a lying in, in, in the medical among my colleagues. Now, when did I understand what was going on? It, that kind of took a while because it was only when, when, when I realized that the, the messenger RNA and the DNA virus, you know, vaccines were in effect, I, I shouldn't use the word vaccine, but, <laughs> you know, these, these products of unknown purpose, when they were, um, when they began, when people start getting the, the, the cardiomyopathies or the, my, the myocarditis um, and the pericarditis, I began to think, hey, I wonder if in effect this is some sort of cull. Is this, you know, is this A, a mistake or were they really trying to, um, to, to, to protect people? And then I went back to the idea, but protect people against what? Against a, a coronavirus that had a very low pathogenicity that wasn't killing people? That was killing people at an average age of 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 of, of eighty one point six with, with you know two point six comorbidities you know so you kind of think um, I I think from the very 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 early on I I was convinced that there was something evil going on I think we all now know that like if you don't know that there's something evil went on now well you're pretty thick thick or ignorant. You know, I think I think we've got a bit of a pandemic of people who can't admit that. Um, I don't well, even like to say that they were wrong because they were supposed to be wrong, weren't they? They were kind of yeah, you know, yeah. But how can they? Because an awful lot of the people who won't admit it now bullied and coerced other people into it. Yes. So imagine, exactly. imagine if you if you the, the 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 problem I found, and you know, again, I, I, I I'm being sort of generic here in a sense that within every family there's a daughter-in-law who's a teacher or a nurse or a paramedic or something and she is usually or oftentimes she was fully behind it and because she was the one with the medical knowledge she pushed yeah. it and she pushed it and pushed it and oh you must get it and you know mammy must get it even though the um two two people in the family saying i'm not so sure about it. you know and you know i know about this and mammy and daddy got it and mammy and daddy are now buried and um the uh the, th these people are going to find it very, very hard to, to backtrack. And particularly then if they if they went and, and, and got their children to do it, or got their nieces or nephews or, you know, got, you know, coerced people in schools or that. Um, yeah. So, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of, oftentimes, again, dim-witted people, totally. Now, bright people also got involved in it. But the bright people were often, they, they, I say they fell down in terms of courage, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. They fell down, but the dim people bought into it. You know, my government is telling me my government is right. My go you know, so that these dim people are now um, having to face up to the fact that they coerced other people into what was a mistake. And they're hoping against hope that, you know, their 15-year-old nephew is not going to, collapse on a football field or something. I wouldn't like to be in that position. I would hate to be in that position. Imagine if you actually gave it as well. That's the thing, you administered it as well, you know? Well, well I, that, that, there's a degree, I, 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 you're entering then, to my way of thinking, to whatever about, you know, 
the people, the nurses who gave it, you know, again, they, they, they were coerced. But a doctor, for a doctor to administer a messenger RNA into a cell in the knowledge that it was going to produce a, a, a spike protein against a virus that pre, a year previously he knew is really up to much, you know? Like, you know, from 2020, from the beginning of 2021, every doctor should have known that in effect, the debts. They, see, it's about really, as far as I'm concerned, due diligence. If any of us enter into any major event in our lives, whether you're buying a house, or you're buying a car, or you're getting married, or for your third time, or whatever, um, you, or your third house, <laughs> the first time perhaps you don't do your due diligence properly. But um, the uh, if you, you do due diligence, and due diligence basically means getting down and doing your research. If you're buying shares in the company, you, you, you do your due diligence. Um, the doctors didn't do the due diligence. They didn't do it on the pathogenicity of the virus. They didn't do it on the need for lockdowns, masking, social distancing, economic destruction. And they sure as hell didn't do it on the, uh, the, 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 the so-called vaccine. Um, I think I, I, I think that's getting on for criminal in the context of their education. We are educated to protect our patients. We have a huge education, you know, and theoretically doctors are, you know, you, you, they, they kind of have to have a, at least a reasonable intelligence. They have massive training. They have great support from pretty much everything and they're highly paid. They're paid better than the nurses or whatever. For that, you've got a moral and ethical obligation to use that education that you provide. And in effect, the state pays for the, the education in most cases anyway, or a high proportion of it. So that the doctors betrayed the people. It is down, it's down to treason as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think we've got to stop because I know doctors that I know a good friend of mine has not been able to get work very near where he lives because he spoke out and he's been sort of branded. He can't get work. He's a brilliant yeah, doctor. But he's been branded by who? Other doctors. If other well, doctors had, 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 had the courage to turn around and say, no, this guy is right, you know? Well, that's the problem. And the one that, you know, that there were only, they've only been a handful, as you well know, at the beginning that actually did speak out and they made examples of them so that people, you know, wouldn't. Um, as I say, my 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 head head you know was placed on a spike at the at, at mm. the entrance, the gates of the town, as an example to others, very successfully initially. And you see, they thought they they thought they could silence me then, sort of through blackmail and coercion, and they can't. They're, they're still coming after me. I'm still in the battle with the medical council. Now they they're not prepared to discuss the call to silence somebody like me. Now. Uh, after talking to me for the last half hour, you may be feeling, I wish I knew the formula to silence him. But um, the, uh, at, at, the, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a hard man to silence. Partly because of my age. You, you know, I, I, I've got enough experience. Yeah. And I've got enough wealth not to be afraid of anything. I think, I think there needs to be it's in, there needs to be people, I've, I've said this a few times now, we need to start being the role models that our children need us to be. And I think if you've got people that 
can't stand up to stuff through fear of being chastised and things. And we need to, uh, you know, we need to start toughening up a little bit because I couldn't bear my kid to look at me when he's older and be like, well, what did you do to try and stop yeah. this from happening? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know That's, that is the point. What did you do, daddy or mommy? What did you do? Our, our, our granddad or, you know, grandma, what did you do during the COVID hoax? What did you do? I sat back and I and and and, and I, I I I hid in the house and I I didn't go out and I wore him dutifully wore a mask and I you know and I cheered on the the, the, the I, I I went out and I stood and I clapped at the nurses going into work with um where where they were working at thirty one percent capacity yeah 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 I, I I was great um this is the greatest crime in history. This is the greatest, not only the greatest, this, this, this is greater than Second World War. More people will die. And Fifth generation, this is. Fifth generation warfare, this is. We've never had anything like this. So we don't even I, know we're at war, psychologically. No, no, no. You see, that. this is this. And, you know, the, 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 this is fundamentally, as far as I'm concerned, I could, I could think of nothing else. And nobody, nobody has managed to convince me that it's anything but an attack on our, our coal of the populations a in in killing off the the older people and b in in sterilizing the younger people through yeah. it we we're not going to know for for 15 20 years but i think there's enough evidence to see you know with stillbirths and abortions and miscarriages and uh, uh, menstrual problems in women i i can't can't help but believe uh, you know, just stories I hear. I can't help but believe that these, this um, messenger RNA, the, 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 these substances injected into people will, in effect, have a major problem on the uh, on the ability of people to have children over the next, well, <laughs> as long as they live. Well, I mean, I, I when I was looking into this early doors, uh, there's um, evidence to suggest that it likes to bind to the ACE2 receptors, doesn't it? The, the virus and oh, it does. Well, you see, you know, you've got them predominantly well, more. Well, there's no doubt about it. But the spike protein actually binds to the A2, the ACE2 receptors. Um, the, the 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 question really is, you know, and 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 that fundamentally is the theory behind it as as, as a vaccine. But the question is, what else does it bind to and where does it bind to and what does it do? But it does appear to accumulate in the testicles. It does appear to accumulate yeah. in the ovaries. It does appear to accumulate in the spleen. And it also appears to accumulate in the endothelium of the blood vessels within the heart, in the heart, which causes the, um, which appears to cause the scarring, which I feel, I think what happens in those cases is people get, uh, they, they, you know, if, if they do studies on people in the, in the days after getting the vaccines, they, the troponins go up, so which suggests that there is cardiac muscle damage in the in the first couple of days after this settles down in a high proportion of people some japanese studies and that have been done yeah yeah that, um, that suggest that, that that there is that heart muscle the, the question then is what happens to those heart that heart muscle that's damaged and to what degree and does it heal we know that heart muscle doesn't heal it doesn't heal like liver muscle like liver or liver or skin or you know mm. it, it scars and if you've got a scar in the wrong place um, it, 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 there's a, a distinct possibility that it'll set up a, a, a dysrhythmia, an abnormal beat within the heart. And there's 
people saying that perhaps McCullough and, and that will, will say that the perhaps the what's happening is when you get a flush of adrenaline into your system that it'll suddenly a, 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 an abnormal node within the heart will start firing off a beat at a very rapid rate or you mm. know in conjunction with your normal beat um or, or a short circuits it or something and you get a, a, a ventricular oh, yeah. Yeah. and you get a ventricular tachycardia ventricular ventricular dys, dysrhythmia of any description the blood isn't pumped to the heart and you go down like the um the sniper shots you know mm. so in effect what they were publicizing three years ago and propagandizing as a way of dying is exactly the way people are dying now of the result of their intervention. Actually, injury, yeah. Crazy, isn't it? What do you think to shedding? Do you think it's a thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's no doubt that shedding is a reality. We shed. You, 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 you know, you, you, you meet up with somebody who's on the piss the night before, and you can actually smell the alcohol coming out of their skin. You know, mm, mm, mm. and um, you know if they haven't had a shower even if they had a shower. So there's no doubt that we do shed. We shed chemical compounds through our skin, through our skin, our saliva, you know, seminal fluids. And, you know, there's no doubt about it, that, that shedding. Uh, this sounds horrific in a sense that, but remember that the, the you know, the, the, the substances that are being possibly shed would be the spike proteins, the messenger RNA, the lipid nanoparticles, exosomes which are little little bubbles containing yeah. these things but remember they had to be injected in to be effective so perhaps getting them on the skin perhaps getting them in, you know in, 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 into, into the vagina or something like that is not as bad as getting it injected in so mm. i would hope that the shedding whereas it's probably real i would I, we have to maintain a degree of hope mm. You know, and again, I say to people who, who who've got the injection, maybe a dodge the bullet, maybe you know that that the the the, the compounding and the production of the, the the dose you got wasn't quite as bad as what mm. other people got. So, as I say, yeah, shedding is real. What has been shed, I don't know, and whether it has any major, you know, physiological pathological effect, I don't know. And I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared to start frightening people over shedding because there's bugger all you can do about it anyway, you know. No, well, I read a recent. Um, it wasn't so much a study, but it was like a, a, a letter to the editor type thing where, but they used part of the HIV virus, obviously, to formulate. Oh, well, that that in itself, I I I wouldn't worry about the you know the actual you know a a a, a sequence of of of, of you know. RNA or DNA within, you know, that that may be similar to the HIV virus isn't the HIV virus. You know, the HIV, that's, that's like saying, you know, they took, you know, like the, the a virus like that is something like 30,000, 29,000 um, uh, nucleotides in it, you know, mm. so that, you know, to, to, to have a sequence of, you know, 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 um, that, that, that had a, were similar to 
HIV virus. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into that. They may well be capable. They may well be capable of matching up. Well, it was more from a from a shedding perspective. It was suggesting what if uh, because they use the HIV virus and, and it's transmitted usually through you know sexual contact and yeah, but you see, but you see the, 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 there's a lot there's a lot of debate over the actual HIV virus in the first place whether it was well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so, another kind of word. All, all I'm saying is the the fact that you could pick up sort of uh, thirty a sequence of thirty or forty nucleotides from that that are similar to the HIV virus doesn't make it into the HIV virus in the same way as a you know a a a a, 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 a sequence of uh, nucleotides from a dog doesn't make a dog you know yeah yeah what's I'm, the I'm, again, again I don't know I'm just saying let's let's try and keep things in perspective yeah no, 100%, 100%. There's, there's, there's enough shit going down without creating more you know yeah no no fair enough what's the excess death rates in Ireland at the minute then are they are they I don't know I, I, I don't know what it is but again in Ireland we we, we have the um the uh we we have a very tightly controlled media, which is that the stuff is not getting out, and uh, I, I I I'm not really I'm not one. There's lots of people, the statisticians who are working through it and that. At the moment, I don't know what the excess death rate is. I think this is something that we can only see sort of statistically looking back, you know, when we look at graphs and that, you know, and uh, I I actually don't know what the the, the I haven't seen the figures and I haven't sought them out and I've got enough bloody problems, you know. I've got chickens. I've got chickens and vegetables to grow. You have. Know? You have. A um, couple more questions and we'll, we'll wrap this up because I've, I've kept you here for long enough, mate. Um, so when I remember Dolores saying in, in an interview probably maybe two years now that, that uh, we'll start to see certain things happening within two to five years of the jab rollout, do, you know, with regards to deaths and increased you know what pretty much what we said do you do, do you believe dolores in that not so much believe but are you seeing no, no, no. i tell you i love dolores i think she's a great person i think she's highly highly intelligent however i think the last thing we should be doing would be creating panic and you know i think i think we should endeavor to try and keep it positive my thoughts on it you know are, are, are you know i'm 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 just i'm an optimist I've always believed that the best will happen. And I've never seen a point of being a pessimist. Um, you know, my expectations is that things are not going to be as bad, in spite of the fact that, you know, they, they, they really have wrought a, a, a terrible, you know, crime upon the people. But um, I, I, I would just hope, again, a bit like the shedding and that, mm. I would hope that Dolores's figures and what Dolores said was not true, you know. If it is, there's bugger all we can do about it anyway. Well, th th this is the thing, and I think you're right here. It just, just it's, it's damage, not damage limitation, but we need to try and get everyone to sort of focus and admit. And I, I again, I've banged on about this before. You know, we can't move forward or stop this from happening again until we admit there was a problem in the first place. So we need to. Yeah. See, we don't you know. know what's going on. We don't know what they injected into into the people. We don't know what what the effects of it is, and it'll. It, it, it'll be two or three years that, that before we know exactly definitively what what has gone on and not till such time as you know like I, i'm not saying to people don't try everything and i probably would if 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 if, if, if i got if i knew i got high circulating levels of, of spike proteins in my, my my system i'd probably try pretty much everything myself 
I obviously didn't take any 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 of the vaccines or injections, nor did any of my family or that, that you know my immediate family. My brothers and sisters did, but there again, there's, yeah. there's always the the idea of sort of sibling rivalry, you know, when you're too big for your boots, you know. The, did you find did you find that your family just didn't listen to you, despite the position that you're in? Well, you know, my 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 children all listened to me because they're terrified of me. But, um, <laughs> but my my brothers and sisters, none of them did. But they, they, mm. you know, again, there's that idea of you know, like he's too big for his boots anyway. You know, but prophet is never accepted in 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 his own land. You know, no. Where what do you see? What do you see happening in the future now? Do you just see? Do you see more evidence coming out? You know, do, do oh, you invariably. know? Invariably, the evidence will come out, and more and more people. The 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 the, the point about it is, you know, we we you know, this will start changing when 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 judges and barristers and the legal people start having their their, their, their themselves or their children or their family dying of you know, a judge a judge whose um fifteen year old grandson dies of you know a very obvious. Uh, myocarditis um, related to the vaccine and we've got to get pathologists to start doing the test to, to do the to get the antibodies for the spike proteins and that and um, when these things begin to happen and judges you know when the judiciary starts understanding and when it becomes personal and you see this is the problem oftentimes it takes a personal tragedy i think this is horrific that it takes a personal tragedy for somebody to actually come over to our side but it yeah. will invariably will well it, it's either that or i'm wrong about it i'm either totally wrong about the whole thing mm. or what i'm saying now will happen and when the judges and the politicians begin begins to come home to them and enough of them begin to realize hey you know this was a, a, a heinous crime um think think things will, will, will change that that's how i would see the next three to four years do you think they're going to try and implement <clears throat> getting on slightly you know shakier shakier ground now do you think they're going to be they're trying to instill some form of you know control even more so than, than the covid narrative and the jabs yeah, yeah, were just yeah. uh i was saying do you think that um that this is all part of a i know you said you think it's part of a culling sort of thing but do you think it's just purely down to that or with everything else they're trying to implement with the digital passports it was all uh, it's going to be a form of control as well well, well yes of course it it, it 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 was a totalitarian takeover it, it was an attempt at a totalitarian takeover with the digital passports yeah but the, the, you know there's been a group of people there the elites you know the the globalists the uh, World Economic Forum have, have you know have been fairly clear about that that they they, they intend to to in effect in, enslave us all. There's little doubt, you know, that you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Um, no, the, uh, yeah, and of course you don't want to get into this, but you know the 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 whole global warming, you know, the whole the anthropogenic global global climate change is all part of it when i was in college in 19 in, in the mid 70s we were all worried about global cooling we were we were waiting waiting for the 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 the, the arctic circle to move down to ireland and that you know and uh so then 
then it went to global cool warming and then when the when 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 the the sun and the planet the earth refused to cooperate they decided to go to climate change and of course the climate change is no no different from what it was over the last 200 years of recorded history so the whole the whole thing is part of a a a a, a scheme to to enslave the people do you think that um Oh, I've lost my train of thought. I truly. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Well, uh, how many before you got suspended, and when you know before this sort of stuff happened? How many patients were you, were, was your practice sustaining or supporting? Well, you see, the the, the nature. I, I I was fundamentally a private practice, right. and you, you know, so private patients have the right to come and go. So you, you know, so I I, I literally tens of thousands of records over a 40-year period. But oftentimes people wouldn't drift, they'd only drift in over, you know, I, I only had a very small GMS, a, you know, an NHS, very small GMS thing. But mm. it, 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 it was um, principally a private practice and people right. would uh, sort of drift in when they were sick. Do you think if you had an, uh, an NHS practice, then they would have been less inclined to suspend you? Or do you think they would have just done that regardless? Because it seems... Oh, they would have done it anyway. No, no, no. They, they, They'd they rather shut the practice down. The orders well. came from on high to, to yeah. shut me up. Mm. And did you notice that at the beginning with other doctors as well? I mean, I know there wasn't that many in... in Ireland and stuff, but did, have you linked up with any other doctors around? Well, when, before before I was, I, I was suspended, the... Um, I spoke to a number of doctors, but they all just shrugged, shrugged their shoulders and walked away. I think they all thought there was a relatively temporary sort of glitch in, in, in the medical system. Mm. And the, the way to get through it was to just, you know, cover the hatches and, and uh, bolt down the hatches and, 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 and weather the storm. I don't think they didn't see the significance of it as I did. I, I somehow or other, and I'm not particularly bright. It wasn't that I was bright or inspired or anything it was that um maybe people at, at, at those meetings that i give there's always the talk about why do some people get it within the family there's one person absolutely wouldn't touch you with a 40 foot barge pole and the other six or four or five or whatever are, are, are all on board and i talk about the the the, the, the sort of naivety scale or the gullibility scale and that gullibility scale within any family i, th I think anybody who, who's came up with there were six of us in our family there's always somebody who's a bit gullible you know there was always one kid who's a bit gullible the other five or the other four or oh, oh, i'll pick on that kid and kind of tell them that they you know you're actually mentally retarded and you know mentally retarded people get more than mentally retarded you know you know this sort of thing that, that i i was never involved but I, i'm familiar with the sort of ragging that kids give one another and there's always one that's kind of picked on you know santa claus is not coming you know you, you know you know mum knows you're smoking so you know santa claus in a farm that you're not you know you know and, and that kid always felt so there's that gullibility scale i think there's a group of people who are just less gullible than other people they're streetwise mm. and it, 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 it's not a reflection of intelligence or that necessarily but they uh, they're just less gullible and they're less they, they 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 are less naive and within any family there's one of those or, or oftentimes and they're the people who said no 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 I'm, I'm i'm not falling for this there's something there's just something fishy about it that's the way i see it yeah i, I think i think what this is highlighted is you don't need to have a degree uh, to be able to see patterns and, and link dots and that's some right. of the best little threads I've seen have been just from random sort of people on Twitter. Yeah, that, that, that's the point. We, we we do need we do need to um to 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 to, to look for patterns in life. Mm. And and that, that that that's what 
what doctors do. We look for patterns in life. We look for an abnormality out of that pattern, you know? Mm. Well, okay then, final, well, any last words then so that you want to give? Any pearls of wisdom, any advice you want to give to, to everybody who's going to be watching this before we bounce? I, 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 I don't I don't have any pearls of wisdom. I don't I don't have any, you know, anything other than sort of basic logic. And the logic of it is the 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 the, the virus was never worthy of the lockdowns, it was never worthy of the response, it was never there was never a pandemic. The vaccine was a very, very bad idea, and we're now living with it. And we have got to try and have, we've got to unite. We've got to stick together. We, we can have our little infighting and a little bit of politics and that, but at the end of the day, those of us who believe that this was a heinous crime have to stick together. We've got to make sure that those who, who, who committed the crime are held accountable. And we've got to make sure for our children and our grandchildren that it never happens again. And they don't impose a totalitarian, you know, dystopian, big brother type state on us. We've got mm -hmm. to fight. You know, and that's 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 the hill I'm prepared to die on. Yeah. They're yeah. not going to impose a totalitarian system through through medicine on my children and grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. And where can everybody find you? Just on your Twitter? Well, well, I, 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 I'm on Twitter and I'm on um, Telegram and... Um, What's, say your Twitter handle for those listening, please. Pardon? Can you say your Twitter handle for those listening, please? Uh, I forget it. Dr. Dr. Gerard Waters, yeah. GP, at Oturishk, O-T-U-R-I-S-K, Oturishk, risk, um, you know, I, I, I suppose you could probably post it, and and I'm on 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 um on Telegram as Dr. Jerry Waters. But you know, if if, if anybody wants to contact me, I, obviously I can't answer individual questions of that. But um, I'm prepared. I I'm prepared to chat or or come back on the program. And even if it were the thing you you wanted to do a live, I I don't know if you do, but I I, I would be prepared. I'd be prepared to do a live phone-in chat type thing, you know, and discuss with people. I, 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 I'm afraid of nobody. I'm not. I, I, I'm afraid. That I, I'm not afraid of an individual doctor. I'm not afraid of an individual scientist. I'm not afraid of a group of doctors or scientists. You know, mm -hmm. I will. I will pit what I know and I believe against anybody anywhere. I've had no takers to date. And what a note to sign off on. Listen, thank you so much for your time today, Doctor. Stick around when I press stop. And um, thank you for your time. Thanks, everybody. We'll speak to you soon. And uh, be safe, be good.